it's James with Spectrum Global Financial. And Crystal Jenkins with Remax Downtown. And you guys are back on Real Home Talk. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah, we're we excited you. today, right? It's just another awesome day to talk about some real estate and what's happening in the market. Oh, yeah. And we got a twofer for you today. So that's a two for one. We went deep in the archives, went through our contacts, and were able to pull the probably the best experts in the industry for new home construction. Uh, so we think you guys are in for a treat. Yeah, I can't I can't wait to just share this information with you guys. I know uh, it's a lot of questions out there. It's a lot of information out there. But we try to bring some good stuff that I think that would be interesting to a first-time home buyer or a person who's already just in the market, just kind of browsing right now. This is a good, this is a good podcast for you. Oh yeah, absolutely. So if you're interested in new home construction, hang tight because you're in the right place. So we've got Adam Schott with Century Communities and Marcel Schott with Meritage Homes. Hey, welcome aboard, guys. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey guys. Hey, thanks for having us. Welcome. We're excited awesome. to be here. All right. So, uh, Adam, if it's all right, let's start with you. So you're at the the top of the food chain, so to speak. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm the, the division president of Century Communities for Orlando. We're a, a national top 10 builder based out of Denver, um, Colorado, and we are entering the, the Orlando market. Uh, Florida real estate has obviously been kind of the center of the world recently. And so my company is very excited about um, selling homes in Orlando. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, we got a ton of clients from Colorado. And um, I mean, just all over the US, they're all moving down here. So it's great to have housing options for them, especially brand new, like construction options. Yeah, I think it's the weather. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and Marcel, um, talk to us a little bit about uh, Meritage Homes, what you guys are doing on your side. Yeah, so I am the uh, new home sales counselor for Meritage Homes. I've been with the company now for seven years. Um, so yeah, I sell new construction. I'm My location is actually located in Haines City, um, but we sell all over. We're you know in Volusia County, Polk County, uh, Osceola. We're pretty much in everywhere, so. I think the question that always comes up a lot is just housing shortage, especially in Florida, especially with the amount of people who are moving down here. Now, have you guys seen uh, just a big difference uh, pre-pandemic, uh, you know, to during the pandemic, to post-pandemic? Like, what kind of experiences did you guys have on your side? Yeah, I mean, during the pandemic, as you guys know, it was just insanity. Um, we couldn't, houses were selling before they even hit the market, you know, so we had a waiting list of me personally, like over a hundred people to purchase a home before it even hit the market. Um, so wow. things were selling immediately as soon as we released them, it was, you know, it was crazy. Um, but you know, now everything is obviously starting to cool down a little bit. Um, demand is still really strong. We're seeing a lot of people still come through the door wanting to buy a house um, inventory is still really low. So things are, you know, selling pretty quickly, just not as quickly, obviously, as we were seeing earlier this year and last year during the height of the pandemic. So what about the yeah. expectation of the buyers? How are they? Um, yeah. So I, I think a lot of people right now, like are still looking for completed homes, still wanting, you know, something quick to move into, um, all of our completed inventory are the ones that are going, you know, obviously the quickest, 
um, the the dirt lots and the the to be built homes aren't selling um, as as quickly as the inventory. So um, yeah, I think people are just wanting to get into something quickly. Um, the faster the better. Absolutely. And how long does it take from start to finish? So when somebody finds the home uh, with mm -hmm. you guys, they pick out a model. Uh, what's the yep. time frame for it to be completed? Um, if it's you know, building from the ground up uh, for a single family home, it typically takes anywhere between four to, I would say seven months now, just because we are experiencing some delays on the construction side of things. Um, you know, with COVID, we've had a lot of material delays and a lot of, you know, labor shortages and things like that. So our average build time, you know, pre-pandemic was four to five months, roughly. And now we're looking at more you know, closer to six or seven months for completion time. Yeah. Have you but, seen a, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, that's okay. I was just going to say if the home is already completed um, from time of contract to closing is we average about 45 day closing. And yeah. um, ha have you seen, has supply caught up uh, with demand or are there still uh, backlogs on it? Um, I think a little bit. Um, I think, you know, windows are starting to, I think that was the biggest thing was windows, um, you know, during the pandemic. And I think that's finally starting to, to catch up a little bit. In, uh, what in, do you think? Yeah. In some ways it has and others it hasn't. It seems like there's just something new over the last two years, every, every week or every month or whether it's the Suez canal or some, you know, pipeline pipeline issue or hurricanes. I mean, there's just new challenges uh, constantly. Mm -hmm. And I would say, you know, massive parts of the supply chain are still, um, struggling to catch up and it's some of these things like trusses that the kind of the wood supports of your roof um, that builders use these engineering trusses they're the plants um, that are built to design to, to build these trusses take you know roughly five years to, to build so it's going to take a long time for the supply chain to catch up mm -hmm. um, so I think you know that that can be a challenge there's certain things that builders have been able to plan around like she talked about for windows so typically you know if you if a house takes four months to build, the window, um, the the actual window units that builders install are taking roughly six months to, from the time of order to delivery. Uh, so you have to actually order the windows months before you even start a home in order to meet that same schedule. And so there's there's challenges to entire build process, and you know, including appliances and air conditioning units and everything you can imagine. Now, do you guys have set suppliers or has the pandemic had you guys expanded out just to try to meet the demand? Yeah, I mean, I think it, that has been a big challenge. There's you have your your trade partners that you do business with um, often. And those relationships were really important where capacity was a, a challenge. So maybe you have the supplies, but you don't have the the staffing. You know, these certain trade companies have had to make tough selections of, hey, who, who is the best customer for us? And when I say customer, I'm saying home builder. Uh, who are the good people to work with? And so those relationships were very important for home building. Uh, but also, yeah, if you've got a supplier and, and, and to no fault of their own, they can't get to your job site, can't get your items completed to you, you have to look elsewhere. And in some ways, that's a, a national effort. Um, I know that both Meritage and, and Century have the, a national reach or in markets across the country. And, uh, and sometimes you need to go find materials wherever they are if they're in idaho you, you get a truck and you ship them to florida and, and make sure it gets to your job site so it's, it's become a very challenging effort and it uh, takes a village very well i think that just means you know you, you do what you have to do to get things done and meet the schedules yep. exactly right. <laughs> yeah whatever 
Now, now, have you guys had this experience? So I know uh, the rising interest rates has impacted our mortgage industry, um, especially with borrowers being unable to qualify. They're being priced out of the market um, because of raising rates. So with the span of about uh, four to six months, have you guys seen that borrowers who put deposits on homes no longer qualify for that home? Or has has that been not as prevalent on your guys' side? Um, on my end, yeah, I, I've had a few instances where people no longer can, you know, qualify based on rising interest rates. But I think uh, specifically with Meritage Homes, you know, we're doing a lot of things um, to try to get, especially first time home buyers um, into a home. So what we're doing is, you know, we're buying, uh, buying the rate down, we're doing extended uh, rate lock periods. Typically, I know you guys know it's usually about 30, 45 days. Um, but we're extending the rate lock to now 180 days to account for any wow. you know, delays and things like that. So, you know, we're doing whatever it takes to get creative, to get these first time home buyers into their home and, you know, make sure that they qualify in the long run. Yeah, I think that's huge. That's absolutely yeah. huge. Cause it just shows like everybody's trying to work to help these buyers out. So what kind of incentives do they currently have for first time home buyers? I know they're ever changing. Um, yeah. But- what does Meritage have uh, currently going on for them? So right now we are uh, buying the rate down to uh, 5.875%, which is well below the market rate right now. I think we're oh, yeah. That's high definitely... sixes, low sevens. Um, so yeah, we're buying their rate down. We're doing an extended uh, rate lock period for them and we're contributing up to 10,000 in closing costs. So, you know, for a first time home buyer, that's a lot of money, like, you know, $10,000 to bring to the closing table is going to save them a lot. So it's definitely helpful. Absolutely. Yeah. Any, anything, anything helps. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're a first time home buyer. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that's just, I mean, that's huge. I don't think uh, listeners, if you're, if you hear 5.875, if you think that's high, you should see what it's like outside right now i mean like uh, marcel was saying i mean 6.99 is a good rate right now so people we're locking people in the sevens you know it's just insane it's absolutely insane how how high it's gone and it's continuing to go up and like marcel was saying lenders are getting creative with uh different types of buy downs uh different ways uh to get you into a home and still be able to afford it you know, before I even got into home building, like I didn't know any of this terminology, what type of loans, I didn't know what a, you know, buying, I didn't know you could buy your rate down. Um, so there's so many things, especially as a first time home, home buyer that I don't think that they, you know, necessarily know or are exposed to. So it's just educating them when they are ready to buy a home, let's find the loan that's perfect for you, whether it be, you know, a two, one buy down or an arm loan or whatever the case may be that, you know, suits them best. You so know? I, what I'm hearing you say, Marcella, is that you need to educate yourself. So a lot of times, this is not buying a pair of shoes. This yeah. is not buying a car. This is not buying, okay. you know, getting your hair done. This is like a 30-year commitment, okay? So this okay. is like the biggest purchase you ever make in your entire life. You know, and yep. sometimes people do this only one time. You know, if mm-hmm. you get a chance to do it two or three times, that's great, but you want to get it right on the first time, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's yeah, so that means you kind of need to get educated. And so, so yeah, so it's it's really important to kind of ask a lot of questions in this process. Um, you but the, the crazy thing is you don't know 
what you do not know. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, yeah. and exactly. so it's kind of good to educate yourself, but it's also good to ask questions. Um, I had another quick question. So are are builders still looking for more land and continuing to build? Because I know with demand uh, may, may be slowing down a bit. I feel like there's still not enough supply out there, especially in Florida. So do you guys yeah. see that any anything slowing down in construction or, or things are still full speed ahead? I think I think it's still full speed ahead. I think the, the interest rate environment has, you know, big, big public builders have been a little um, concerned or cautious just to see what's going on in the marketplace. I think nationally, the picture is completely different. I mean, I think in, uh, you know, Western markets, you know, California and, and others are very different than Florida. And so I think there are some markets that are seeing a dramatic uh, decrease in their their um, demand, whereas I think Florida, uh, to like Marcel pointed out earlier, there's still people out shopping and buying. I think with what interest rates have done recently, um, there aren't people out there that probably are you know on the fence about buying a house or not. I think if you're shopping, you're a serious buyer today. Um, and I think in, in Florida, that demand is going to continue to be there, uh, whether it you know subsides a little bit right now and comes back up in in the beginning of next year. Uh, builders certainly are. Um, out shopping for land and trying to to get supply um, out. I think you're exactly right. I mean, resales, if you think about it, if you own a, a home currently um, and you have some really, really low interest rate, you're unlikely to want to list it for sale. So I think the the resale side, you know, it's been dramatically below, below supply since COVID started and really still has not rebounded. So, you know, the new construction side of the business is, is really uh, a bigger share than it has been. And it's still, as we talked about supply, the supply chain is still not meeting uh, the demand that was there before. And so if demand is, you know, coming down a little bit from the crazy times of last year, the supply is still not not meeting it. So I do think there is a, a need for for buyers that, that builders continue to start houses and uh, buy land to, to keep up with it. And are you guys seeing that um, more land acquisition and more communities are going up just a little bit further from the central city hubs? So like commuting is going to be uh, more of a standard uh, thing that's coming up because there's no land near the cities, right? <laughs> near like the main downtown areas and everything. Yeah, it's it's certainly, you know, the the, the concept that the closer to the, the downtown area in, in any town is going to be pricier land. Um, and so there are uh, great opportunities to go a little bit further out and find, you know, s- some property that can keep, uh, you know, keep it affordable, that the affordability, um, the affordability uh, concept is, is very important in, in home building. You know, it's, it's great. Especially for first time. home. Yeah. It's great. If you can, yeah. You'd love to build a, you know, a really nice home um, in the you know middle of a, a town, but if, if it's not something that, you know, 99% of the people can afford, then it's not really serving a very good purpose. Mm-hmm. So my quick question for you, um, Marcella, the, yep. I know right now the average first time home buyer is looking for at least a minimum three bedroom, two bath, probably mm-hmm. 16, 1700 square feet. This is your starter home. Let's not look at the Taj Mahal yet, you know? Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so if, we're, if we're looking at something like that, what is um, Meritage pricing in for something like that right now? Um, in my specific community, a three bedroom, two bath, uh, we're looking at like 330 to 340. Okay. Around. And, you, and, yeah. and, and, and so each community is priced differently, correct? Correct. Yeah, absolutely. And to Adam's point, like the further that you go out, like I'm based in Polk County. Um, so it's going to be a lot more affordable in Polk County versus something like Winter Park. 
I was selling townhomes for 500,000 in Winter Park last year, you know, versus a single family home, you know, for 340,000. It's a huge, huge price difference. So we're seeing a lot of those people who once, you know, wanted to be in Winter Park or downtown, they're getting priced out. They're not able to afford it anymore. So a lot of them are coming further out to Haines City and, you know, there's just so much development happening in that side of town. Like everything is just exploding because, you know, everyone is just slowly moving out that way to try to buy a home. Well, I had a question. So there there are benefits to, to purchasing new construction and there's benefits purchasing uh, previous previously occupied homes. Now, I know yeah. one of them is the builder warranty. So are, can you delve into that? Like what kind of perks uh, for buying a new construction? Uh, gosh, there's so many. <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I would say ease of process. You know, like you talked oh, about, that's... typically when you when you buy a resale home, you've got your your realtor and there's a realtor on the, the seller side and it's you, you've got, um, you know, things in the home that you're trying to understand what the previous seller did. What would you change? It's it's not exactly a, a clean environment. And um, in the, the new construction world, you've got both your, your realtor and the sales counselor. Obviously, the sales counselor represents the builder, but they are there to, to be a, a good steward of the buyer through the process and know exactly how it works and, and can create a very good synergistic relationship uh, with the realtor. And it's just, a, it's a, you know, a professional process. You've got, you know, in-house mortgage companies, you've got, um, in-house you know, title. yeah, in-house title, you've got, uh, you know, floor plans. You can see, you can understand the process. There's updates uh, of people building the homes for you. Um, and then not to mention, obviously the warranty, a, a typical builder warranty is they do what's called like a 10-2 warranty. So you've got a 10 year structural warranty. That is anything that you could kind of be <laughs> scared about that would happen with the, the structure of the home. Um, and then, you know, typically the, the two year, you've got like a, a two year mechanical warranty on stuff like HVAC and plumbing and some of those other components um, that maybe wouldn't rear their, their head uh, in the early days. And you obviously have all these other manufacturer warranties. You know, you buy a house that's a resale and you don't know how old the refrigerator is or the washer and dryer in these cases all these components are brand new. And so they come with their own warranties themselves, whether it's a five-year warranty on the air conditioning unit uh, or some sort of warranty on the, the refrigerator. And then on top of that, you know, I've worked for now three different national uh, public home builders and, and they all have the same approach to, to customer services that, you know, if it's, if it's wrong, it's wrong. So you have this specific warranty, but you find out three years later that, uh, you know, that, the faucet in your guest bathroom that you never use, you know, has, you know, no hot water to it or something, something silly that was done initially. If, if you can talk to your warranty department of that home builder and say, Hey, here's an issue that obviously I didn't create. And it was just done wrong at front. Most, most builders are going to take care of those sort of yeah. things. Um, okay. Now they're not going to come back seven late years later and replace a tree that dies, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. So I, I, I do like that. Yeah, that was more of like the functional side of things. I'm more on the pretty side of things. So I would say like all the finishes are are new, they're fresh, they're most likely going to be, you know, more upgraded than you would probably find in a resale home. Um, you know, we work with designers to create design packages that are, you know, new and fresh. We revamp them once a year. So, you know, we make sure that we're staying on trend. Um, you know, you're either going to get quartz or granites in our home. You're never going to get like laminate or formica or anything like that so just having nice high-end finishes and making sure that the home is actually you know built to the latest code I think is important too you know when you're right. buying a 1950s home like 
you don't know what they did with the plumbing or the electrical and what you're going to encounter if you have to do a renovation. Like everything that we do is built up to code, inspected by the city. I mean, it's just peace of mind with buying a new home, I think. Yeah, we always say you want to, on a moving day, do you want to be bringing your toothbrush into the house or a paintbrush? And uh, new construction, <laughs> how you do it? Bring your toothbrush. Retail <laughs> house, you've got toothbrush, you're in there changing wall colors. Who knows what, uh, what the, the interior of that home looks like? Yeah. So yeah, I mean it is a, it is a lot of benefits to to buying new construction. I, if you want a house that walk walk in, move in ready, new construction mm -hmm. is definitely the way to go. Um, mm -hmm. I um, tend I as a real estate agent, but doing this for fourteen years, I've tend to sold sell both. I think um, you know I I I think that new construction is perfect for the person who can afford it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. If you can afford it, you can definitely go with it. And it might not be your first home. You know, it yep. might be your second home, but it's something yep. to work up to. Yeah. And I think our prices now are, are very comparable with what we're seeing, you know, for as far as resale goes. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it makes sense. I mean, if it's priced the same as a resale home, why not go new construction and get all of these benefits that we're talking about, you know? Yeah, so, absolutely. So, yeah. I mean, so as far as... um after construction, is it a one-year warranty is still standard after construction and before, after you close, right? So we have a one-year, two-year, 10-year warranty. So the first year is just like a craftsmanship warranty. Pretty much everything is covered in the first year, a two-year mechanical warranty and a 10-year HVAC, or I'm sorry, 10-year structural warranty. So you're covered essentially head to toe, um, you know, over the next few years in your new home that's, you're you're covered <laughs> that's fantastic now do you guys have any move-in ready homes or is there still a pretty long wait list um we do we have inventory and but it's going quick it's not going obviously as quick as it was last year um but it's still selling really quickly i think you know uh, we have a few left in my community and right now um all of our lives are running on um the inventory that can close this year. So it's, you know, definitely appealing to buyers to want to move into something that's already completed. So what I recall, like during the pandemic, wasn't there like a lottery system where people had to put their names in to try to see if they get like picked for a home or they had to get do the land different... or what model you wanted for a house? Yeah. So every builder was doing it a little bit differently during the pandemic. And, um, this is where I love, you know, how Meritage kind of operates. We made it the most fair process that it could possibly be during that time. Um, you know, a lot of other builders were doing a lottery and, and doing highest and best. And, you know, even going so much to the point of, you know, going under contract um, and then to find out you got outbid by somebody else and then, you know, they void your contracts. Um, so we never did that process. Ours was a lot more fair um, we, ours would just be first come first serve basis. So the first person to get pre-qualified is at the first at the waiting list. Um, and then we just build our waiting list off of that. So once we've released home sites, we would contact the first person on the waiting list and say, Hey, you know, home A, B, and C is available. Which one do you want to go with? And they would have an option to pick from whatever's available. And then we would just go down the list that way. So you know, I think it made the process really fair and seamless, uh, whereas, you know, other people weren't necessarily doing it that way. <laughs> yeah. And, and I was going to say, that's why we preferred to have you with Meritage on, because we've heard horror stories with other builders where 
literally, yeah. oh, get, we have an escalator clause. Now uh, our costs go up, your costs yeah. go up. And then that all of a sudden yeah. it's like, yeah, so you're locked in at a price, you're signed up. And then all of a sudden, a couple of months later, glass is short, wood is up, the purchase price went up 50, 60,000. Yep. So it's nice to have a reputable builder uh, yep. on your side trying to be fair. Yep. Yep. And that's exactly it. Once you were in contract with us, even if a price went up, you were locked in. So that never changed. Awesome. That's, that's good. That's good. That's, that's why marriage is just one of my favorites. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love to hear that. Maybe Adam doesn't love to hear that. <laughs> it's okay. so Adam, what about when, when it comes to looking for land? I mean, how, once you're, you're the land guy, right? So you're the yeah. one that kind of looks to see where to, where you can find it in you know in areas that's going to be developing in the future so how from the time that you find land how long does it take for home sites to be developed i mean normally it it can be a very very long time unfortunately so the you know that's part of the the challenges of a, a growing city you have you know competing factors you know as soon as everybody buys a home that was developed at one point by somebody and then as soon as you live there you don't want any other development around you. And so there's, there's certainly challenges to, uh, to not in my backyard type approaches. Um, and so it, the process can be very, very long. And so some cases you can find a, a piece of property and it could take almost four years before houses are, are being built. Um, and so that, that is a challenge for uh, the ups and downs of a real estate market and trying to think long-term and not short-term. So if interest rates are doing something silly now and maybe maybe less people are buying right now it, it doesn't matter from a builder's perspective they should still be buying land because you're you're putting effort in today that's going to affect you know 2025 2026 probably um, and the supply uh, out there that's yeah it's true and in 2025 i mean we should rates should be back down according to the fed let's all so, hope yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah so i mean so i mean to me that with you saying that it makes me think you know, sometimes people say, well, you know what, I want to buy a house and they just wake up one day and start looking at, you know, flip my house or they look at, you know, something on TV and it's like, oh yeah, this is so yeah. cool. I'm ready to do it. But, you know, I think it's, it's important to, uh, you know, take, just like it takes that long to find land to build houses. I think yeah. people need to take that perspective when it comes to, to getting ready, getting themselves in a place to, to purchase, you know, mm -hmm. um, yeah. It, it shouldn't take just just that long or at least six months give give yourself a, a six month period of time to, to familiarize with the process you know yeah 100 it's like you talked about earlier it's not like buying a pair of shoes i mean you really have to get up to speed about you know what what are all these different loan types what is the right price for a house am i getting a good deal or not you know trying to understand truly what's out there and, and compare all the options to new construction to resale to different parts of town you might want to live in like marcel said you you know, do you want to buy a townhome in, in close to the to your job or close to downtown? Or do you want to go further out and, and buy something a little bit bigger um, at potentially even a lower price? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what areas are you think that's that Orlando and proper areas, you know, like you say in Polk County, what is what is really everybody spreading out to? What areas do you see so the, you the, on that side? Yeah, the, the number one selling uh, submarket and county over the last uh, probably six years now has been Polk County. And so I do think if you think about Orlando and Tampa, um, you know, I think that we're probably becoming one big metroplex. So, you know, everything between Orlando and Tampa is going to build out along I-4, not like we need more more traffic on I-4, but it's it is the easiest way to go. You can go further down um, I-4. And there's there are a lot of uh, families that, you know, I'm sure Marcel meets that 
where you know one um, one person the couple works in Tampa and the other one works in Orlando, and so I think there's some benefits to that. Uh, Volusia County has been a very uh, um, good market. It hasn't had the crazy acceleration that Polk County has, um, but there is you know job centers in Daytona, and it's it's also out um, I four, um, and because it hasn't had the maybe the crazy uh, amount of acceleration, um, it's been a, the development's been a little easier to manage from you know, traffic and um, having services nearby. Um, the good thing about Polk County is it has had such a, a run up that there are, is just so much development from not only residential, but, uh, you know, commercial and the, the all the support services that you need for a large population like that. Yeah. And I was going to say, I mean, that's something that I guess we don't really even think about is that when a builder goes into a community and starts building out, it's creating uh, jobs and more businesses are coming in to support that community. Yeah. So it kind of yeah. creates its own hub. Yep. Yeah. You know, so, so that's a huge uh, impact that I, I don't even think we think about at all. Cause you guys yeah. are going out developing areas that are pretty much, I mean, they're vacant, you know, you can yes. drive down for, it's for where miles. the cows live. It's where the cows yeah, there's, live. There's certainly, yeah. There's certainly a, a life cycle of a, of an area. So it one, it, you know, if it's, if it's far outside of town, eventually you, you start seeing, it convert from rural to more residential and some, some home communities are being built, but all those people were driving, you know, long distance to the grocery store to work certainly. And then as more and more population arrives, then all of a sudden, yeah, you know, if I'm a mechanic, I can go build a mechanic shop there and I'm going to have a ton of customers built in and just think about every industry you can imagine. It just starts to, to snowball from there. It has its own gravitational center and people think I don't need to leave here. I, I, I can work in my community. Yeah. And that's what's happened to Polk County. I also think it's just great for equity in your home as well. And this is what I tell my clients, like, yeah, this community right now might not be surrounded by a bunch of things. It's a lot of, you know, vacant land. But if you buy now, you know, five years from now, all of this land is going to eventually be developed. And that's only going to get equity in your home once you decide to sell. So it's really nice to go out in these areas that aren't like super developed yet, because we know in the next couple of years, all of that's going to change, you know, and that's just going to be. Yeah. And, and for the better, you could, you could buy in a more built out area that people have been living for decades and decades and it, it might get better. It might, you know, schools might get a little better. It also could get worse. It's not necessarily going to have this dramatic transformation that some of these newer areas are going to have. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and, uh, I don't know. Though. I know a rule of thumb is whenever a new construction goes up, it's best to get on the ground floor of it. So mm -hmm. with the first homes release, because then you're going to get the lowest possible price. And then yep. after a certain amount sells, you're going to see that price is already. So you're getting instant equity um, mm -hmm. just by being first. Yeah. Yeah. You nailed it. Yeah, exactly. So new construction. I mean, I guess, it, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, I would tell any first time home buyer, okay, figure out what area you want to live in. and in Figure out, figure out what builder you want. You know, we, as you can tell, we probably have our preferences here. <laughs> but but uh, I think, you know, but you have to educate yourself on that. And yeah. um, and then, I, you know, I want to also mention, I know with um, builders, what you see in the model, because everybody goes to the model home, is not necessarily what you're going to get when you buy your own. So, you know, they're different phases. So can you elaborate on the phases, you know, I know it's like base price and yep. other phases of, of, of what they'll be purchasing. Yeah. So with Meritage Homes, um, we've kind of simplified that whole process because it was really confusing to buyers to go into a model home, fall in love with everything they see, and then realize, 
oh God, I can't afford any of this. This is like a hundred thousand above, you know, the, the base price of the house. And so we've kind of, you know, simplified that whole process. And what we've done now is create these design packages um, that, you know, have specific things like either granite countertops or quartz countertops, the color of the cabinets and different tile flooring um, or, you know, laminate or I'm sorry, EVP flooring. Um, and we put those in the house and that's really all you're paying other than the lot premium above the base price of the house. So it's the base price with the design package and the lot premium, and that's your full purchase price. So we've really, you know, tried to be as transparent as we can with that whole buying process, especially for first time home buyers. Um, so what you see in the model is what you're going to get in your home with us, with Meritage Homes. So yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's good that's good that's good to know for sure yeah yeah so and um and i know um one thing else i was going to ask was about the hoas and most and that's per development each one of them is different what's the average monthly homeowners association fee in in your communities um, you know, it depends what type of amenities you have in that community. Um, in my community, I have uh, a, a pool, dog park, playground, walking trails, uh, things like that. So you are going to see slightly higher HOAs when you have more amenities like that. Um, so my specific community, we have a CDD and an HOA, and that's um, $16 a month for the HOA. And the CDD is uh, two hundred and thirty a month. Okay, that is absolutely wild. You know, because that's so for what you get, that's so low. You know, yeah. compared to yeah. compared to what you see in uh, downtown, it's upwards five to seven hundred dollars. You know, yeah. So yeah. that's it's crazy. Huge. People, I think people have a like a negative connotation associated with CDDs, and really, it's like it's good to have the CDD, like especially with like this hurricane that we just had. And, you know, a lot of like the, the lights were broken and trees are down and, you know, things were damaged inside of the community. Um, you know, the CDDs on top of it and they're getting everything changed and fixed. And, you know, it's, it's a positive thing, I think, to have a CDD, yeah. but. Yeah. I think HOAs and CDs get a bad rap where you think about, oh, I don't want someone telling me what to do, but the second your neighbor has something goofy parked in their front yard or wants to paint their house crazy. You, you really want an HOA. So they, they really help build value and, and rate, you know, maintain the value. So you, like you said, you have those amenities that you could build something in your yard and, and spend a ton of money um, building a pool, but it, it's nice to have a community one. That's obviously of a, a grander scale than you could ever imagine on your own property. And then you've got professional people managing it and maintaining the value uh, that it provides to the community. Yeah. yeah. So the CDD for those on layman terms, can you tell us what that means? <laughs> yeah, we all on the phone knows what this means, but yeah, it stands for community development district, and I think that the best way to describe it is it's sort of like a HOA on steroids, or it's like kind of a mini city government. And so it actually is a a, um, a municipal government that has bonds that are issued, much like you would do with a city or a county. Um, and so the good thing about it is that you know HOA. If anybody was in the housing market 15 years ago, there was a lot of um, you know, there could be finance problems with HOAs because they just go out and spend money and they're trying to get, you know, if someone stops paying their HOA dues, then the HOA doesn't have the money that they need to go have the, you know, the grass mowed or to, to clean the pool. A community development district is actually a taxing district and it's, it's on your tax roll. So that money you pay is rolled up into your mortgage on a monthly basis, but gets paid on an annual basis on the tax roll. 
And the good thing is if so, some your neighbor decided to stop paying their mortgage and stop paying their, their HOA and CDD, the CDD um, item is actually so able to be sold with a tax certificate. And so every year the CDD is going to get all their money, whether it's from all your neighbors or it's via a tax certificate sale, which is a just a another um, investment method that people do to, to, to try to pay those tax certificates off. But the, the long story is you, the CDD gets the money in their in their coffers every year and is able to to maintain the, the level of um, maintenance. And yes. if I recall, CDDs are only typically 20 to 30 years. There's a bond. There's two pieces of it. So the debt portion of the, the payment is the, the bond itself. And so it's a 30 year, typically a 30 year um, bond, just like a mortgage. And so that way you're paying for, you know, the, the, those big capital improvements that were put in the community, it's paid over 30 years, just like your house. Then there's an operation and maintenance component, but that's just paying to, to mow the grass and to repaint the, the pool cabana, those sort of things. Those should go in perpetuity, just like uh, you know an HOA would. As you you go through the thirty years, the debt's paid off. You still just pay the smaller amount uh, of just maintaining it. So you either have a homeowners association HOA or a CDD, but neither one of them is bad. Both of yeah. them to maintain the property and keep it up. You know, yeah. And and there's community types for everybody. So if you you know want to just buy a home and not have to deal with all those extra fees. You, there are communities that don't have pool and cabana and they have, you know, it's, it's a much um, stay on your own property type situation. Um, so you can find those that are a lot, you know, less, less cumbersome. That is something else for you to, to, to keep in mind, I guess is, yeah. is what I would say. Yeah. 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 Okay. It's, it's so funny. Cause I, you guys have been so generous with your time. I don't even want to let you guys off the <laughs> off the line. I'm like, <laughs> talking to you guys forever on this. I feel so terrible that I know we've run over. Um, but I definitely think we need to have you guys back on the show uh, yeah. sometime soon. Thank you so much. I mean, it's always good to to uh, be educated um, from people who are in the industry yeah. about yeah. this kind of information. And it's and we 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 love to have you back, as James said. So that we can kind of enjoy and pick your brain just a little bit more, you know, about the uh, the land and the new construction um, world, <laughs> you know. Great. Yeah, just let us know when. We're happy to come back. <laughs> we're, we're, we're Thank you, guys. Oh, we appreciate it. Thanks, Marcel and Adam. And uh, Crystal, I'll be talking to you soon. Listeners, uh, tune back in. We're going to have a part two with these guys. It'll be like a Star Wars trilogy. <laughs> we'll just keep them coming back. So thank you guys again. I hope this uh, gave you some value in regards to new construction. I thought it was super informative and just good to know. And we'll catch you on the next one. Catch you in the next one. Take care. Thanks. Thank you. Bye. Thanks. Bye.